thank God for bringing us into the fifth month of this year. And um, all through this month, we're going to be teaching and um, demonstrating the power of God to heal. Uh, and oh, I'm starting a new series of teachings from this morning that will flow all through uh, the Sundays, except for uh, the last Sunday of the month, which is our, our Children's Day service. Um, and also on Wednesdays, we're going to be looking at it from a different perspective. And um, when we do take the announcement, you get the, the full gist of Wednesdays. But Wednesdays will focus more on the real practical side of the message uh, that we'll be teaching all through this month. We've, we've called this uh, uh, the covenant of healing. And I'm starting with this first message this morning that I've titled, The Atonement. I'll say it after me, say, The Atonement. Oh, look at your neighbor, say, The Atonement. Praise God. I said, praise God. All right, join me in your Bibles in the book of Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2, we're discussing the atonement. Mark chapter 2. Before I read Mark chapter 2, I'd love to say one or two things. Somebody may be asking this month, uh, um, why should I pay attention? Why, you know, why are these things important? You need to understand uh, that Health is very vital and it's part of God's plan for our lives that we live in good health. Why is health vital? Health is vital because a lack of good health can stop you from fulfilling your destiny. Lack of good health can determine what you aspire to do. It can limit you. When money is lost, not much is lost because, you know, you can still try to make some back. When health is lost, quite some is lost. But when the devil even wants to attack people, attack families, it brings in sickness. So the money that they cannot even spend to enjoy their life, the money that you are are trying not to spend, you know, uh, um, even though you love a bigger house, but you don't want to get a bigger house because you, you want to do something better with the money. Even though you love to change your car, but you, know, you just want to press, some, um, press the brakes on yourself and say, look, there's something better we can do with this money. Even though I'm a car freak, but I can keep this money. But when sickness comes, you can't say uh, um, otherwise. <laughs> it's not like house or car or, or traveling the world. When sickness comes, all the money goes into it. And we cannot pay or continue to pay for what has been paid for. Are you still with me this morning? Yeah. We cannot continue to pay for what has been paid for. If we have to continue to pay uh, to restore what has been paid for, that means we're paying for it twice. And that's cheating. We're being robbed. An Elevation Church, we need to wake up in this season to understand that someone already paid the price for our health and for our healing, and for the soundness of our mind, our body, and our spirit. When we understand that, then we, we, we stand firm in our authority to lay hold on that which belongs to us. And we don't, you know, try to just play games and say, well... Maybe God wants to use it to teach me a lesson. No. 
No, no. If at all God permits any form of sickness, it's for you to demonstrate your faith, not to teach you any lesson. <laughs> to demonstrate your faith and, and, you know, take your authority over it. So I'm, I'm, I'm starting out this morning, and I want you to know that one of the objectives, of, a critical objective of this month's teaching is that at the end of this month, you should be able to harm yourself with enough knowledge. One, to deal with sickness, if it, if it ever shows up. And if there's any pain or any sickness right now, to be able to shake such off. And thirdly, to be positioned as someone that God can use to demonstrate his healing power. Are you still with me? Because that's the, uh, if you get the kind of understanding that, that we're going to be discussing this month, then you, when you stand to pray for the sick, you know the premise of your faith. You know the premise for your authority. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. So if a child is sick and you want to pray, you're not just going to pray uh, because the pastor says to pray or the Bible says to pray. You're praying from the standpoint of knowledge and of authority. Are you still with me this morning? Praise God. All right. So join me in your Bibles in Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2, I'll read from verse 8. Uh, Mark chapter 2, uh, this passage of the scripture that we're reading from verse 8 of Mark chapter 2 happens to be a response to some people's uh, um, side talks and all that. Jesus saw, he perceived that some people were thinking something. And then he decided to respond. And I, I, I must also pause before I read to uh, let you know that this is one of those passages, of this, uh, one of those uh, stories, occurrences in the ministry of Jesus that, you know, occurred through most of the Gospels. Maybe I should explain a little. Please pardon me. In the, in, in, in the Bible, the ministry of Jesus uh, was captured. The reportage of the ministry of Jesus was captured in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four books that we call the gospel books. Some of the occurrences only showed up in one book, some in two. But some very pivotal ones showed up in all the four, some in three. Whenever you see anyone that showed up in all the four, or in at least three, then you know that it's, it's, it's communicated a very vital understanding of the kingdom of God. And that's why uh, the reported went through, all through the different books of the Gospels, the four of them. This is a type of such, because you see it, it's only the book of John that did not record this. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Luke, they all reported this. They all spoke about this occurrence. And I'm bringing out something here this morning about the atonement. In Mark chapter 2, uh, verse 8 to 12, I read, But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your heart? Which is easier to say the, uh, to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, 
I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately, he arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all. So that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. The preceding verses added that this paralytic was brought to Jesus. His friends had to remove the roof. I'm sure you've heard the story before. To lower him down in the presence of Jesus. The place was filled with people. The Bible says there was no leg space in, in that place. And his four friends brought him and dropped him. And while they lowered him down, Jesus looked at him. And saw the fate of his friends. And what did he say? Son, your sins are forgiven you. And the Pharisees and you know the scholars were looking at themselves and were like, man, this is blasphemy. Does this man have the power on earth to forgive sin? And Jesus perceived their thoughts. And he said this to them, what we just read. That which one is easier? To say, son, rise up, carry your bed and go. Or to say your sins are forgiven you. And the communication here is that none is actually easier because the same power that forgives sin is the same power that heals sicknesses. And Jesus was trying to prove to them that I have power on earth to forgive sins, and I have power on earth to heal sicknesses. Because I paid the same price. I hope you understand what I'm saying. It's the same price. It's the same price. It's the same price. It's the same price. Is somebody stay with me this morning? It's the same price. The same price that was paid for sin, for the redemption. Of our soul. It's the same price that was paid for our bodies to be healed. For us to regain our mental health. For our mind to be sound. It's the same price. The same price. The same price. You see, in the days of Jesus, very different from our days, in, in, today, people find it a lot easier. To believe that God has forgiven them their sins. Than to believe that migraine headache can go the same way. I hope you understand what I'm saying. So, somebody misbehaves, a believer, and then goes to the corner of his office or something, or maybe he's just in his car and say, Jesus, I know I messed up. Forgive me my sin. The word says, if you confess our sin, you're faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from every unrighteousness. So I believe I've been forgiven in Jesus' name. And the person believes that he's forgiven. Because he believes that Jesus has power on earth to heal the sick. But if the same person continues and the person has a headache. And the devil says, it's because of that sin. And then the person says, Jesus have mercy. No problem. I'll take Panadol when I get home. And then you took the Panadol and um, the sickness will not go. And then instead of the headache going, started coming with um, some feverish condition. And then the next thing, you know, he just aggravates himself and before you know it, 
it turns to something else. And the thought, all true, is maybe I will be healed. Maybe. And sometimes some people even stay, stay, stay on it to say, um, God will have mercy. So since God has forgiven me my sins, maybe over time. But the truth is this, that when the price has been paid for something, all that is required is courage and boldness to take delivery of what has been paid for. Am I saying the truth? That's all that is required. And I want to show us another scripture this morning just to help somebody. We're laying a foundation with this teaching. They are told me. Laying a foundation. I want a situation where when you pray for someone to be healed, when you experience a pain in your body, and you, are, you, you, you want to rebuke that pain, you know the premise. So the devil cannot play games on your mind. For some of us here, parents, these are some of the things we need to put in the mind of our kids, even from now. So that when they have a pain in their body, we try to explain this to them. And so when we say, let me pray for you, they know why they should be healed or why they must be healed. So they don't grow up with some of us in unbelief. See, the power of God has never diminished for one day since he created the heavens and the earth. We only have people who don't believe. <laughs> praise God. I said, praise God. Because the same way I can believe today that my sins are forgiven, I should be able to believe when my stomach is turning to say, Jesus, turn it right. And let everything be in shape. And I speak to that raging storm and say, peace, be still. And I believe it can be still. And I continue to do what I'm doing. Because when I pray for God to forgive me my sin, I don't wait there and continue to cry. After I believe he has forgiven me. In the days of Jesus, they found it very difficult to believe that sins can be forgiven just like that because they know the other side of God. What, what side of God am I talking about? They knew God as a consuming fire. Don't forget, we're talking about the days, for instance, in Leviticus chapter uh, 16 and 17. Scripture talks about the, the, the Moses in Leviticus 16. Uh, the Bible talks about Moses, give, God gave him instructions to say, Aaron just lost some of his children because of some funny things they did. So you're going to tell Aaron, this is how he's going to make atonement for himself and for the sins of the people. Get a goat, they call it the scapegoat. Um, and a bull, that one is for Aaron and his family. The scapegoat is for other people. They call it the sin offering. So, it was supposed to kill it, put the blood in different places to sanctify even the temple and all that. And then the blood of the bull. And in, in Hebrews chapter 9, the Bible was talking about the fact that if the blood of bulls and animals can do stuff in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, it said in the same vein, the blood of Jesus can cleanse our conscience from dead works and redeem our body from pain and sicknesses. Are you still with me this morning? I said, are you still with me this morning? So, when we believe that and we understand the concept of the atonement, the atonement Ladies and gentlemen, means 
can, 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 you, can you put my slide up, please? Uh, the atonement talks about the appeasement or reparation for wrongdoing. So when Christ shed his blood, it was an appeasement. It was a reparation. It was a payment. He paid for something. He was transactional. It wasn't just that they hated him and they killed him. I think John uh, chapter 1 verse 29. John the Baptist saw Jesus. And what did he say? He said, behold the Lamb of God. Who takes away the sins of the world. He had not even died. They identified him as the Lamb of God. That would take away the sins of God uh, of the people. Why? Because in the Old Testament. In the days where they lived. It took a lamb to take away sin. Bible says, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. Hebrews chapter 9. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of of sin. The life of the flesh, they say, is in the blood. So when blood is shed, life has been released. To cover for sin, as a payment for sin. And before sin came into the world, there was no sickness. There was no sickness. Adam didn't have to use sanitizer in the garden. I hope you understand. There were no antiseptics, no detour, and all those kind of things. Yeah, they didn't need them. Because there was nothing to be afraid of. There, 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 was, there was nothing like jams. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, there was nothing like that. Have you, did you read before in the Bible, in the early chapters of Genesis, when Adam finished working one day, and he had a headache. <laughs> Have you read that before? Or he had to rush Eve to the hospital. <laughs> because something went wrong with Eve. No. Until sin came. Until sin came. Follow me carefully, somebody. Until sin came. And even when sin came, so sickness came with sin. But glory be to God. Over a century before Christ was born, many, many years, Isaiah was prophesying. And he prophesied about what Christ was going to do. And that really gladdens my heart. Isaiah 53. I read from uh, verse number 1 of Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53 and, 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 and verse number 1. I read verse number one and I'll jump to uh, uh, verse four. But verse one is very instructive. He said, Who has believed our report? And to whom has the harm of the Lord been revealed? So the report you believe is what determines the hand that will be revealed to you. Are you still with me this morning? Who has believed? Isaiah was just prophesying by the Spirit of God. And he said, who has believed our report? And to whom is the hand of God being revealed? Sometimes some of us here will believe the report of the past, uh, sorry, uh, uh, of the doctor more than the Bible. So the hand of the doctor is revealed to us, not the hand of God. Because Sammy says the hand of God dwells valiantly. <laughs> the hand of God comes with power. So when we believe the report of the Lord, we see the hand of God in power over our lives. Say amen, somebody. As I was prophesying, I said, who has believed our report? 
Because if you believe our report, then you see the hand of God show, show forth for you. And what is the report? What is the report? Verse number four. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrow. Yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. Talking about Jesus. And verse number five. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are. By his stripes we are. Can I hear you a little better? We are. I wanted to check something out here. This is the report of the Lord. Isaiah prophesying about Christ. And I tell you. Thank God for reporting and writing. So the prophecies of Isaiah. A bit of prophecy of Isaiah. About three or four of them about Christ. A root shall come out of the uh, a stem shall come out of the root of Jesse. You know, and all, that was Christ he was talking about. Isaiah was just so gifted in prophecy that he was just seeing the Messiah a lot in a lot of his prophecies. And here, Isaiah was talking about Jesus, and look at what he said. Isaiah chronicled what the atonement, what Christ, the 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 substitutionary death of Christ. What result it should bring. And thank God he said this. In verse 5 he said he was wounded for a transgression. And if you have transgressed before like me. Then Christ was wounded. So that whatever penalty should come out of my transgression. I won't get it. Are you, are you, are you getting along with me? The Bible says he was bruised for our iniquities. And like I was saying in the first service. You know transgression is easier to understand. Somebody transgress. You cross the line. Iniquity. Iniquitous. Um, that one is a bit um, deeper. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, it sounds like uh, something that has sown Agbada <laughs> for someone or something that is now inside, inside, and it has become <laughs> a way of life. It's just the way the word sounds to me. Iniquity. <laughs> it looks like it's deeper than transgression. <laughs> So, what, what, what was Isaiah saying? Before Christ was born, Isaiah was saying, this chap, when he comes, he's going to pay a price. They're going to wound him. And when they wound him, he will be wounded on your behalf because you are going to transgress. He was going to be bruised. And that bruising is on your behalf because you are going to have loads of iniquities. But thank God it didn't stop with transgression and iniquities. He also said the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And I believe that talks about mental wholeness. Because when a man is not at peace, what happens? He's agitated. He's oppressed in his mind. He's, he's fretting. He's anxious. Paul must have had this understanding. That was why he wrote in Philippians 4 verse 6 that we should be anxious for nothing. Why? Because the price has been paid. The price has been paid. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Do you know where I find my my peace from? So when it's time to fret, I cross my leg. Is that if you truly have faith in Jesus, the faith that we have in Jesus should operate in this manner. 
The Bible says, for we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God and accord according to his purpose. So, our faith rests in positive outcome in every situation. I will say together today. <laughs> and that's because the chastisement of our peace was upon him. So it says, whichever way it goes, if you can believe, even though it may not look like it, it's going to end up well. I can't hear your amen. amen. For we know that all things work together for them that love God and are called according to his purpose. I think that's Romans chapter 8 and um, uh, uh, is it verse 29 or so. Yeah. For we know. For we know. How, how, how did we know? We know because the Bible says the substance of our peace was upon him. So I'm not going to lose my mind because of anything. He paid the price for the positive outcome. So even when things are negative, they are working together for my good. If I believe that he paid the price for my peace, then I'm not going to allow the devil to steal my peace. I'm not going to allow the devil to steal my peace. He says, by his stripes, we were healed. By his stripes, by his stripes, by his stripes, by his stripes, we were healed. I speak to someone here this morning, you're fretting about your child. And God said to tell you that it's time to hand over that child to God, to him. And reclaim your peace. He said, because the things that you cannot do in the life of that child, I can do. So if you believe, demonstrate your belief by reclaiming your peace concerning that child. It's just a word for someone here. Yeah. Reclaim your peace concerning that child. And just keep telling yourself, I believe that all things will work together for the good of this child. And everything will be okay. Everything will be okay. Say amen, somebody. I said everything will be okay. Say amen, somebody. So the Bible says here that he, the, the, by his stripes, we were healed. So the same way that we're saying that his power to forgive sin is the power to heal, you see the demonstration in Isaiah's prophecy. He was wounded for a transgression, bruised for iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we were healed. So everything comes together. It's a package. Have you bought a package before? Maybe at the supermarket or, you know, the mall, duty-free. And it has uh, maybe a bottle of perfume, a body wash, and a shower gel. And you say, give me the shower gel and take the whole money. I'm going. Is that what you do? I said, is that what you do? Yeah. Or just say, it's just the perfume I want. You know, just... No, you carry... When you buy anything that is bundled, you carry everything. You don't allow anybody to steal any part of it because what has been paid covered everything. Say amen, somebody. Amen. So somebody say after me this morning, uh, uh, say I've been redeemed from sickness, from sin, from lack. I am redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Say I walk in the understanding of my redemption. 
Say, I will not allow the enemy to steal that which belongs to me. In the name of Jesus. Also, say after me, say, my peace must return back to me. Health must be restored back to me. Say, whatever has been stolen, I reclaim in the name of Jesus. If you believe that, say, believe in amen. All through the Bible, you see, you know, the Bible, different names to connote this atonement. Different names that Christ was called. So the Bible abounds with varieties of terms to refer to the meaning of Jesus' death. One is substitution. The death of one on behalf of many. And you see that in Romans chapter 5, verse 12 uh, to 21, the Bible talks about uh, his substitution, that his death is substitutionary. Another one is sacrifice. The violent shedding of Jesus' blood as the Lamb of God. So John chapter 1, verse 29, he, he, John called him the Lamb of God that took away the sins of the world. And time will not permit me today to go into that. That is loaded with meaning. The lamb of God. You see, because uh, today, because we don't do anything with lamb, that to kill them and have lamb chop, we don't understand it. I hope you understand what I'm saying. In those days, they did more, more than that. Every household need, knows, no, they, 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 they knew that they needed a lamb at certain time of the year. If not, calamity will befall them. When Israel was about to leave Egypt, Moses gave them instruction. Get a lamb. Kill it. Put the blood on the doorpost. Said, when I see the blood, I will pass over. So they understood the importance. When John said, behold the Lamb of God that took away the sins of the world, they knew what he was talking about. But you and I today, we can read and gloss over that because the Lamb does not mean anything to us apart from eating them. Lambs saved people's lives in the Old Testament. The priest in the Old Testament, they understood why you must have a lamb handy from time to time. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they all understood why a lamb must always be at hand. Why? Because you need to sacrifice consistently. And that was the, 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 the animal that was needed for sacrifice. So Christ was also called I mean, his, his death was also referred to as sacrifice. And some other places, his death was referred to as ransom. Ransom. The Son of Man has come, has come uh, to, to give his life as ransom for many. Matthew 20 uh, and verse 28, Mark 10 and verse 45. Uh, paying the price to set us free from sins, slavery, and penalty. Some of that places was referred to as redemption, paying the price to gain release from the law's curse. Galatians 3, uh, verse 13 and 14 talks about that. It's redemption. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. For it is written, causes anyone to hang on the tree. And some of that places called propitiation, quenching God's wrath against sinners. Romans chapter 3, verse 25. The Bible calls him the propitiation for our sins. 
the propitiation for our sin. Propitiation means that which subdues wrath on behalf of the offender. Subdues the wrath on the behalf of the offender. So the Bible says, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness. It's propitiation, something that subdues wrath on behalf of the offender. This is how we see Jesus all through the Bible. And this understanding, we must leverage on it to reclaim health and healing consistently. So when I stand to pray over the sick, I know the premise upon which I stand. When I stand to reclaim the health of my body, I know the premise. Someone paid the price. I'm not about to steal what doesn't belong to me. I'm about to claim what has been paid for on my behalf. Say amen, somebody. Or say better amen, somebody. So it's important for us to understand that as I bring this message to a close, uh, I also like to point out uh, to you that you must not play with the health of your body. Listen, gentlemen, I respect medical science and I Respect it a great deal. But there's only one thing that cannot fail, and that's the word of God. Yeah, that's the word. That's the, that's the word of God. Yeah. Medical science has an end in itself. There are diseases as we speak that don't have any cure by medical science. That, that speaks of the limitation of the human mind. Why? Because medical science rests and takes its root on revealed knowledge based on the capacity of the human mind to capture it. Are you still with me? The Bible says, no man knows the things of a man like the spirit of a man that is in him. He said the same way, no man knows the things of God except the spirit of God that is in him. So what has not been revealed to the human mind that has not been captured through research, despite the amount of money that was spent in research, the Holy Ghost knows them. Are you still with me? He knows how to heal it. Because somebody paid the price. Somebody paid the price. Somebody paid the price. Somebody paid the price. There are two principal ways by which sickness visits. And I'll just say that in closing. Two principal ways by which sickness visits. Two primary ways. One is what is called forceful entry. That's been attacked by the devil. Trials, tribulation, curses, Attacks, you know. The devil just comes and inflicts sickness. So somebody who has been hale and healthy, and just, all of a sudden he just said, there's a growth somewhere. Or something has gone wrong. Or, you know, or it's just a simple headache. By the time they, they look through very well, they realize that's more than that. When somebody just wakes up in the morning, and he has a slight headache, and the headache wouldn't go, and then they check, they say there's a tumor in the brain. That's an attack from the pit of hell. Jesus looked at a woman. The Bible says she was bent over backward and could not lift herself. Some medical people said that was rheumatoid arthritis. They called it all kinds of names said, of not this woman who has been bent over backward this many years being a daughter of Abraham goodness Christ understood what has been done 
Acts chapter 10, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. The Bible says he went about everywhere, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Healing what? All that were oppressed of the devil. Can you put that scripture up for me? Acts 10, 38. Healing all that were oppressed of the devil by the devil. For God was with him. So sickness comes through the oppression of the devil. And it's because the devil forcefully attacks and comes in. But glory to God, the power of the atonement can take care of the devil. I said the power of the atonement can take care of the devil. Exodus 23, 25 said, I will bless your bread and your water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of you. Exodus 15, he said, I will permit not none of the diseases of Egypt. I will not permit. That was God speaking. Even the God of the Old Testament who seemed to be a bit of a wicked God. Let alone the loving Father that we have in the New Testament. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. So whether it's forceful entry, when your health is attacked, always remember that Christ has done something. But much more than that, there's a second way by which sicknesses can also visit. And that's what I call permission. When we grant permission, you can allow sickness to invade your life through negligence, through, the un- or, I mean, through unwholesome lifestyles, habits, bad habits, poor nutrition. All these are, you know, just negligence. And still in the same family of permission, not forceful entry, is ignorance. Sometimes, hereditary conditions, when you refuse to pay attention to them and just believe that it's, um, it's, it's our family heritage. Some people just believe that some things are part of our family and since it's our family, uh, it's in our family. Not knowing that you have changed family in the spirit. And your spiritual family must reflect in your physical life, notwithstanding your natural lineage. Your spiritual family. The fact that you have been born by someone that is more powerful than sickness must always reflect in your physical life, notwithstanding your physical lineage. If you talk about hereditary stuff, to the glory of God, I can give a testimony today. We have all sorts in my own family, from asthma to ulcer, um, high blood pressure, all kinds of things. Well, since I gave my life to Jesus, I remember one day, as a young boy, finished reading the scriptures. I was feverish all from my head to my toe. I wasn't okay at all. I told a friend of mine that I needed something to drink. He bought me a bottle of Coke. I didn't know where the courage came from. I started speaking into that bottle. Spoke, spoke the word of God into that bottle. And I just told myself, the word has gone into this coke and it has become my medicine. The Bible says <laughs> he sent his word and he healed them and delivered them from all their sicknesses. 
Send my son and climb your hair to my saying. Let them not depart from the, within your heart. Uh, Proverbs 4, verse 22. Said they are life to them that found it and health to all their flesh. One translation says medicine to all their flesh. NIV. Medicine to all their flesh. Spoke the word into that cook and drank it. Since that day, Since that day, that sickness never came back. I'm talking about about 20 years ago. Yeah, over 20 years ago. So, it's not anything but the foundational beliefs that you have with which you can confront the devil. So, whether it's by breaking in, Forceful entry or by permission, the power of the atonement has taken care of it. You know, it's only insurance people that will tell you that if there's no proof of forceful entry, you cannot make claims. In the atonement, whether there's proof of forceful entry or is your ignorance, the moment you start to make claim, you have your claim. I hope you understand what I'm saying. The moment you repent and you say, look, I will no longer permit this. I want my thing back. You get it back because the price was paid. Your life was not insured. It was redeemed. Glory to Jesus. It was redeemed. It was not an insurance. Lift your right hand with me this morning and begin to speak to God. Begin to speak to God. If you have any pain in your body right now, I want you to speak to God right now. If you have any pain in your body right now, I want you to speak to him right now. 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 The price is paid already. Speak to him right now. If there's any pain in the life of your child, speak to him right now. The price is paid already. The price is paid already. And this month will not end without a physical manifestation of God's blessings of healing in your family. No, not at all. This month will not end without something turning around. Without health being restored. I want you to release your faith in prayer this morning. As you prime the power of God. Because that power is gushing out over someone here this morning. It's gushing out over someone here this morning. Gushing out over someone here this morning. It's gushing out over someone here this morning. Who has believed our report? And unto whom the hand of God has been revealed? I don't know if you have a medical report here this morning. But you need to demonstrate to God that you can believe his report. More than the report of the pastor. I believe the report of Jehovah. He is my Jehovah Rapha. He's stronger. Than a consultant physician. He is the God of the whole universe. And someone already paid all the bills, so there's no reason. There's no reason why I should not receive total healing. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you.